Good morning. Welcome to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church. My name is Reverend Brandy Rigsby, and it is a joy to be gathered this morning to worship our Lord and Savior. I want to take a moment just to offer a few reminders and announcements as we get started. Um, we do have Mr. Kurt Klingler in the back today. If you're joining us online, he's um, helping keep track of the Facebook and YouTube feeds. So if you have any questions, please let us know and he'll get back to you as soon as possible. Check in, let us know you're here. And we want to welcome everybody who's here in person, those who are gathered online, as we continue to worship as one body, regardless of where we may be on this snowy Sunday morning. Also, um, again, I want to let you know that there are 2024 offering envelopes down at the bottom of the stairs in the front porch, so you can pick those up. Please sign your name and let us know which number of uh, box of envelopes you took. We have monthly or weekly giving options, so please feel free to take whichever is appropriate for you. Also, as many of you heard this previous week, uh, Don Traxler passed away. He was in hospice care at Van Crest. His memorial service will be this Thursday at 11 a.m., and that will be at Hanson Neely Allison Funeral Home. And there are visitation hours before the service and a lunch to follow here at the church. Also, today I'd like to invite you to join Sarah Gracie in the room across, oh, not today. Uh, next week, all right, change of date. Next Sunday, you can join her across the hall in room 205 to prepare the birthday and anniversary cards for the month of February. So just stick around after the worship service and help get those done. And those who receive those each month, as I did recently, are very appreciative. We, we enjoy those um, heartfelt words for our birthdays and anniversary celebrations. Also, our United Methodist, or our United... Okay, help me out, Kathy. United Women in Faith, formerly known as the United Methodist Women, <laughs> are beginning to prepare the Valentine's Day cookie boxes. So if you have a college student, or if you are a college student, if you can submit your name and mailing address to us so that we can get those boxes of cookies delivered to you, we would greatly appreciate that. And when do you want those by, Kathy? whenever Jen would like them. Probably before February 13th would be ideal, yeah. <laughs> so yes, please submit those names and addresses to us as soon as possible. Before we continue, there's a really important slide on there. Uh, the one that said the happy birthday to Pastor Brandy. Um, before, so before we continue, if you don't mind, can we sing happy birthday to Brandy today? and they laughed at me. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. One final announcement. We are beginning a new sermon series today, the 21-day Wesley Prayer Challenge, and this will take us through February 4th. 
A reminder that this covers the Wesley Covenant Prayer that has been used in Methodist services for centuries now. So we're excited to begin this new uh, sermon series. I know our Sunday school classes have began the study already, so if you have any questions, please catch me after the service. Again, I want to thank you for your warm wishes in celebration of my birthday yesterday. Um, And now, friends, as we move into this time of worship, may we be present. May we be listening and seeking the sound of God's voice among us and with us. May we know that the Holy Spirit is already at work in this time and in this place. Will you join me in an attitude of worship? rise as you are able for a call to worship. Come, surrender yourself and worship the Lord. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. The Lord is trustworthy today, tomorrow, and forever. We lay aside our privilege and ambition and walk in God's ways. Please remain standing to sing hymn number 577 in the United Methodist Hymnal.
please be seated. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. It's in your pew Bible on page 603. The time is coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. It won't be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant with me, even though I was their husband, declares the Lord. No, this is the covenant that I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my instructions within them and engrave them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. They will no longer need to teach each other to say, know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wrongdoing and never again remember their sins. The word of the Lord for the people of God. to invite our children forward to enjoy our children's message today. school did you have this past week? One. one? Oh, you guys one. had two? Woo. Man, it was a rough week, huh? We you know what? I think you're going to have to go five days this coming week. You're going to be four? Okay. All right. <clears throat> you need to learn stuff. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, I'm going to put you to the test. Anybody know what this is? Play-Doh. Play-Doh. What, do you, what do you do with this? You play with it and okay, you ready? Do you want to play with it? Yeah, I'm All right. Watch, watch. Watch. Is that what it does? So what's the problem? Oh, I have to take the lid off. Okay, let's see. Ooh. It's her favorite color. Is that better? Are we not having fun? Oh, I have to take it out of the jar. Oh, okay. All right, let's see. It's kind of stuck in here. Yeah, it's brand new Play-Doh. Let's see if I can get it out. 
Yeah, because I want to play with you it. You want to play with it. All right, let's see here. Let me get it out. How about now? Ooh, wait, what's the problem now? Oh, okay, let's see. How about this? What if I do this? You ready, Brandon? You ready? Can you catch? Oh, come on. Cooper? Throw back? Oh. All right. Here, Brandon, give me a soft toss. Thank you. Is that a little better? Yeah. Yeah, all right. Let's try something else. What can you make with it? Oh, oh, very cool. She put her fingerprints in it. What if I do this? Now what is it? A bowl? Okay, how about anybody do this with their Play-Doh? A worm or a snake or a hot dog? Yeah, we can make this into all kinds of things, huh? You know what? We have a Bible verse today that we're going to read that reminded me of Plato. So let me share Let me read these words to you from Ephesians. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. For it is by grace that you have been saved, not from yourselves. It is a gift from God. For we are God's handiwork created to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So this Play-Doh, was it very useful when I just laid the container on the step? No, it's meant to do something special, isn't it? To be molded and played with and used to have fun, right? So the Bible says that God made us, God made you, Kate, God made you, Evelyn, and you, Ellen, made all of us very special. Do you all have maybe some special talents? What are some of the special talents you have? Oh, maybe some break dancing moves, yes? And you could do a cartwheel. Evelyn, you know what? You know what I told your mom I've noticed about you? You are really good at making new friends, aren't you? You love to talk to new friends. Yes, you all have some very special gifts and talents that God gave you. And do you think God wants you to just keep those inside, like the Play-Doh and the container? Is that any fun? Does that do any good? No, God gave us those to use them to show God's love to other people. And if I was to just take this Play-Doh and lay it out, what would happen next Sunday? It'd be dried out and no good, right? So we are supposed to go out and use those gifts and talents because God created us as God's handiwork to, to go out and show his love to other people and not to let those things hide away inside of us and dry out. And you all have some very special talents and gifts that you can share with all these people out here, right? Yeah. Your smiles. I know they love your smiles. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's say a prayer together. Dear God, thank you for making me special, for giving me so many talents. Help me now to use my gifts and talents to show your love to others. Amen. All right.
Our second scripture reading is from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, in your pew Bible on page 893. At one time, you were like a dead person because of the things you did wrong and your offenses against God. You used to live like people of this world. You followed the rule of a destructive spiritual power. This is the spirit of disobedience to God's will that is now at work in persons whose lives are characterized by disobedience. At one time, you were like those persons. All of you used to do whatever felt good and whatever you thought you wanted so that you were children headed for punishment, just like everyone else. However, God is rich in mercy. He brought us to life with Christ while we were dead as a result of those things that we did wrong. He did this because of the great love that he has for us. You are saved by God's grace. And God raised us up and seated us in the heavens with Christ Jesus. God did this to show future generations the greatness of his grace by the goodness that God has shown us in Christ Jesus. You are saved by God's grace because of your faith. This salvation is God's gift. It's not something you possessed. It's not something you did that you can be proud of. Instead, we are God's accomplishment, created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned for, those good, for these good things to be the way that we live our lives. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Good morning. Today we are beginning a 21-day journey of renewal and commitment. This journey, we will be guided by the words of the Wesley Covenant Prayer. But before we go any further, I want to take a moment and I want to ask us to read this prayer together on the screens, and it's printed on your bulletins. I can't remember if they're exactly the same wording, but close enough. So if you want to follow along, and I want to invite you as we read this to pay attention Pay attention not only to the words you are reading, but also to the sound of the voices around you. Because the Wesley Covenant prayer is not only an individual prayer, it is a communal prayer. It is a communal commitment. So let's join our voices together. I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee, exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Thou art mine, and I am Thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. I hope that you will read and recite this prayer often over the next 21 days. I want to challenge you to commit it to memory to find a way to work it into your daily routine, perhaps while you're brushing your teeth in the morning. Don't say it out loud, but in your head. I don't know if that equals out to three happy birthdays or two row your boats, but 
Or maybe say it before each meal or as you lie down at night or as soon as you wake up in the morning, but as often as you can, say these words, commit them to memory. As Chris Folmsby, the author of the book, The Wesley Prayer Challenge, warns though, this prayer, if you let it, he says, this prayer will wreck your life. Enticing, right? You see, this prayer is very much a call to discipleship. In fact, he goes as far as to say this prayer is a call to Christian perfection. It is a call to live in complete love for God and for others. And there's a good chance that in saying this prayer daily, your perspective and your worldview will begin to shift and change. In fact, I almost guarantee that if you open your heart and your mind and your hands for God's work over the next 21 days, you may never be the same. So now that I have promised to wreck your life, nobody got up and ran out, now we can get started. The Wesley Covenant prayer was not actually original to John Wesley. Richard Alline's prayer Vindication of godliness was indeed the inspiration for what we refer to as the Wesley Covenant Prayer. And John Wesley, the father of Methodism, he adapted Elaine's prayer for the first ever covenant service, which took place in August of 1755. And since that day, congregations around the world have often ushered in the new year through such a covenant renewal service. In a covenant service and through the prayer itself, we are committing to giving ourselves wholly over to God and God's kingdom work. As these words pass through our lips, we are told to hold nothing back to submit everything, to submit our very lives to the God who has so gently and lovingly placed his divinity and love and the person of Jesus Christ into our hands. So you see, it's not just the words of the prayer that matter. It's also the state of our heart and our soul as we say them. We are called to surrender, to surrender our will and our lives to God. But surrendering first requires a relationship. It requires trust. So I want to say this morning, if you don't yet know that trust and that relationship, that's okay. That is a first step. And I would encourage you to talk to someone sitting around you or to myself and to ask, what does it mean to have a relationship to the effect of being able to completely trust in your creator? The study in this prayer is meant to help us grow, to grow in our relationship with one another and with God. So for those who already have that relationship, whether new or for decades, for the next 21 days, 
I'm asking and challenging us to open our hearts and our lives in a new way. To lay aside our ego and our pride and to start as brand new people, as a brand new community of faith and to commit to traveling together for three weeks and the effort to surrender ourselves to surrender our lives to God's will. Now, I know the word surrender is a scary word. And the second word you notice that I used in the sermon title is maybe even a little scarier, suffering. Does any sane person want to surrender and suffer? No. In fact, it goes against every fiber of our hard-working, never-quit, bring-it-on American DNA. We are taught to stand up, to fight for ourselves, to overcome every obstacle and opposition that stands in our way. Friends, great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what we have here tonight, boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team in the world. This is your team. Go out there and take it. I think that last part might have been meant for a hockey team. Do you know which hockey team? Anybody? The 1980 American Olympic hockey team. The miracle team. But you get my point. The point that while surrender and suffering are usually things we prefer to avoid, Wesley in this covenant prayer challenges us to think about surrender and suffering in a new way. In the words of Chris Folmsby, surrender in Wesley's mind is to cease any resistance to God's will to cease any resistance to God's will, and to wholeheartedly submit to God's authority. And therefore, to do God's work in the world. Wesley is calling us to let go of our need to be in control, and rather give way to God's purpose for our lives. Let me be clear, though. Letting go and giving way are not the same as giving up. Giving way is the decision to yield to God's will. It's choosing to participate in the mission of work and restoration and redemption. It's choosing to bring healing and wholeness to this world in a thousand small ways through every action that we take, through the work of our hands and our lives. That's what it means to surrender. I think that sometimes as Christians, we get the wrong idea about our role in the world. We see pain and heartache 
and violence in the world. We see everything that is wrong around us, and we recognize that this isn't the way God intended it to be. And then we throw our hands up and walk away, and not my fault, not my problem, or what is it, not not my monkeys, not my circus, not my problem. And so we hide ourselves away in a members-only club waiting for it all to implode because we'll be okay. But the prophet Jeremiah spoke a truth to his people that we also need to hear and remember today. God has renewed his covenant, his promise to us. God doesn't need to lead us by the hand like he did the Israelites. Because God has ingrained and engraved those instructions in our hearts. God has called us to take up the work of Jesus Christ. The words of John 14, 12 say, I assure you that whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. They will do even greater works than these. We do not have a free pass to walk away from the world. The work of redemption, of restoring creation to what God intended it to be, that is our work, our responsibility. A couple of weeks ago, our newly formed mission team met right across the hall. And I asked the team this question. I said, what are the problems? What are the conditions in our world or even here in our community that we are afraid to look at? What problems are you afraid to look at even here in your own community? Afraid to acknowledge? Afraid to look in the eye? When you're driving or walking through town, what things make us want to turn our stare, turn our eyes away? Because, friends, I'm convinced that those places, those people, that is exactly where God is calling us. We look away because it seems like too much. Too much pain, too much brokenness, too much for us to take on. But it's then when we see that pain and brokenness in this world, when we want to cry out, God, where are you? God is saying, where are you? Because, friends, the Spirit of God resides in us. God created you and me, each and every one of us, with meaning and purpose. God has endowed and filled and empowered each one of us with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Folmsby writes, Of course, my first and primary reason for being is to worship God. But my second reason for being is is to represent God. 
all those whom I come into contact with to remind them that God is a loving God who has not forgotten them. This means that I am determined to fill my heart so full of love that there is not room for anything else within it. And he defines that as Christian perfection. A heart so filled with love that there is not room for anything else. So you see this prayer, this covenant prayer, it is our very call as Christians to see beyond ourselves, beyond our needs and desires, beyond our own circle and our own lives. The words in Ephesians remind us that we aren't here right now of our own doing. We are not standing in God's grace because we've earned it or we deserve it. We are. We are recipients of God's grace because of Jesus Christ. So as I read those verses in Ephesians, what I think Paul was really trying to say but it was just too nice to put it this way, was get over yourselves. Get over yourself. And maybe that's what Wesley was trying to say also in the covenant prayer. Get over yourself and get to work. Get over yourself and do something about it. And his book, Folmsby, goes on to propose that Wesley likely had Revelation chapter 21 and 22 in mind as he penned and recited the words of the covenant prayer. You see, these two chapters in the book of Revelation, they give us a glimpse into what God wants the world to be, into that restored creation and relationship. So Folmsby says the end of the story is not a broken world in which God is grieved that God created humans and put them on earth. The end of the story, as we see in Revelation, is actually paradise restored, marked by peace and wholeness as opposed to disharmony and brokenness. And so our Christian hope projects the belief that one day the world will know no more brokenness, only wholeness. And so when we pray the words, I am no longer my own, we are not only accepting, but we are expecting a new and renewed vision for our lives and for our world, a vision where there is no pain or darkness, but only the light of God existing among us. When we pray, I am no longer my own, we are resisting the urge to have our desires and interests take the front seat. We are surrendering ourselves to God's work the work of restoring wholeness. Restoration, reconciliation, redemption, 
These are the very means, the work that God has called us to. And sometimes life does present us with extraordinary ways to restore and reconcile and redeem, but I suspect that most of the time, the opportunities that come to us are really pretty ordinary and mundane. Maybe it's the way we wait in a long line. Maybe it's the way we listen. Maybe it's the way we respond to someone when we're busy or in a hurry. Maybe it's the way we spend our time, our money, our energy. Maybe it's the way we treat people, especially those who have nothing to return to us. See, I can't help but think that maybe the most ordinary moments when we give them and live them within God's will, maybe those are actually the most holy and redemptive moments of our lives. And so this covenant prayer, it challenges us to open our hearts to the extraordinary but also the ordinary. It calls us to surrender our lives to God's will and to God's work. It beckons us to take into our hands the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Because that is now our work, our call, our prayer. Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, help us to remember today who we are and whose we are. Guide us into holiness as we seek to draw near to you. Teach us to trust you. Fill our hearts with mercy and compassion for your people and your world. Give us the courage and commitment to bear witness through word and deed to your redemptive work in this world. And now, O Lord, we pray that you will fill us, embolden us through the power of the Holy Spirit as we renew our commitment once more and speak together the words of Wesley's covenant prayer. Will you join me again in saying this prayer? I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank thee with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Scott and choir, and thank you, Connie, for playing for us today. Now, friends, as we prepare to receive our tithes and offerings, we remember again the call that God has placed upon us to take up the work of Christ, to build God's kingdom here and now. I invite you, will you join, and join, and join me in saying the words of our doxology, hymn number 95, Praise God from Whom All Blessings Flow. Please rise as you are able. May we come with open hearts. May we come ready and willing to hear God's voice. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Almighty and merciful Lord, we have come before you this morning. Lord, we've come before you as your people to lift our voices and praise for all the ways that you are present with us, for all the gifts and grace that you pour out on us, for the glimpses of the Holy Spirit that we catch in our world and in our lives. Reminders, O oh God, that you are among us, that you are calling us to be your people to show your love through our mercy and compassion. Lord, we thank you for this time of worship, gathering together as brothers and sisters in Christ, to remember the gift of grace poured out on each and every one of us through your one and only Son. And Lord, while we recognize that gift of grace, we also recognize that so often we feel as though it's something we've earned, something we deserve. But the words of Scripture, your words, O oh God, remind us that it is all a gift. All we have to do is open our hands and our hearts and accept the love and the grace that you offer us. And we recognize, O oh God, that we are all, all not worthy of what you offer. We recognize the ways that we fall short, that we turn away from you, that we sin against your name. And so this morning, Lord, we ask for forgiveness. When we seek our will over yours, Forgive us, O oh Lord. When we seek to meet and fulfill our own needs and desires before those around us, forgive us, O oh Lord. 
when we do not submit our lives to the building of your kingdom, but instead to the building of our own power and wealth. Forgive us, O Lord. Forgive us and renew within us a desire to live as disciples of Jesus Christ, a desire to care for the least of these, a desire to follow your will for our lives. And now let us come before you, O God, with open hearts and ears as we lift up those among us who are in need of prayer. We lift up Carol Lobenhofer as she's recovering from recent hip surgery. We pray that each day will bring more healing and strength. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up the family and friends of Don Traxler as they mourn Don's death this last week. Lord, may you draw near to those who are grieving. May you give them peace and comfort. And we pause to thank you for Don's life and for the gift of eternal life that he has now received. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We continue to lift up Linda and Jay Epley, Rob McCurdy, Nancy Fleming, Gary Clawson, Gene Smith, Pastor Dave Burkhart, Sam and Dina McClure, Dan Newell, Linda Rower, Gene Wells, and Ed Davis. Father, we pray that your spirit will fill each heart with strength and comfort and peace for the days ahead. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And Lord, in this week to come, as we seek to surrender ourselves to you, as we pray the words, put us to suffering, Lord, may we truly, may we truly open our hearts and our lives to the movement of your spirit and to the work of your will. May we turn over to you all our fears, our pride, all those things that get in the way of living as the people you have called us to be. And we ask instead, Lord, that you would fill our hearts with love, fill our hearts with commitment. May we seek to live out the covenant that has been made between God and people. May we seek to live out that covenant in our world, in our community, in our own lives. Lord, use us, fill us. May we be instruments of your love and grace in this world. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as people of the living God, forgiven, reconciled, and redeemed, may we stand and lift our voices together in our closing hymn, number 354, I Surrender All. Please rise as you are able. to what thou wilt, rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Today and every day, through the power of the Holy Spirit, 
May your life be a vessel of God's love and grace for all the world to see. Amen.